Amen. I love you. Amen. Find Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Um, We're going to do the final installment of this series called The Art of War. Just a reminder real quick. I just want to remind you, maybe this is your first time. I am a what we call a talk back preacher, okay? So that means you got to talk back to me. I don't know what you would say. That's good. Amen. Oh, me. Ouch. That hurts. Or maybe you're Pentecostal and say, walk that dog, preacher. Whatever it is, you got to talk back to me. So I'm going to give us a chance to practice while you're turning there. I'm going to say Jesus is king, and you're going to say whatever you would say. Are you ready? Even everybody online, you got to put it in the comments. Jesus is king. Uh, You're going to get a little bit better than that during service, okay? Second one is real simple. We already practiced it. If I say I love you, you say? Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to turn there. I was over in Luke there. Man, have you guys been enjoying this series? Man, we were talking a bit uh, just how exceptional this series has been. If you missed last week or really any of it, you should go back and, and check it all out. Today we're on the final song. We're going to read Ephesians 6, verse 10. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. You're already failing. Are you ready? Finally, my brethren, be strong. Somebody say, be strong. Be strong. In the Lord. It's not just about about being strong. It's strong in the Lord. How many strong in the Lord people we have in here today? And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Somebody say stand. Stand. Against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality and power and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against every spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, come on, how many of y'all know when it's therefore? Come on, we need to know why, what it's there for. Amen. It's a bad preacher joke. <laughs> Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. How many of y'all know standing's a big deal? Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15 is what we're going to focus in on today. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're going to focus in on verse 15 about having, your, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for your word that it's always perfect and it always accomplishes that which you set it out to do. Your word is perfect. And I thank you today that uh, you take my imperfect mouth to imperfect hearts but accomplish your perfect word. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, thank you for conviction and for growing today. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said? Amen. So I, I've always kind of liked shoes. We're talking about the shoes of the gospel of peace. I've, I've always kind of liked shoes. I discovered Nikes in like third grade and it was kind of over. My dad was like, we used to be able to take you to pay less and get you like the $5 shoes. And all of a sudden went to like $100 shoes in third grade because I like Nikes. And by the way, did you notice Manny got an upgrade today? Come on, did you notice? Come on, zoom in on those. Come on, how many... Now he looks good. If, if Campbell can put a skirt on him, I can put some shoes on him. Amen. 
But I always, I always like, I always like shoes. I, I enjoy shoes. In fact, shoes say a lot about us. They say they tell us a lot about who you are, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they tell about where you're going. In fact, I've got some pictures that prove to you that kind of shoes tell you where you're going and what you're about. Here, that first picture here says this right here. Why, why, where is this person going? You ready? Nope, not that one. Let's go to the next one. But this is funny. Let's stop here real quick. I almost missed this. Go back to that one. This is funny. So what happens is I put this on here because here's the thing. When you're little, they always tell you, hey, when you got some new shoes, what do they say? You're faster, aren't you? But when we get old, we get boring. And this is what happens. This is how I feel every time I get a new pair of shoes. Not a single person asks me today if I'm faster in my new shoes. Can we just make an agreement together today? Listen, if you see one of your friends that's 40 and they get new shoes, ask them if they're faster. Come on. Can we just make that a thing? <laughs> But anyway, so shoes say a lot about where we're going and, and what we're doing. In fact, this, 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 this one that they threw up a second ago, what does it say? What does this, this next one say? What are these? Golf shoes. You're going to have a miserable time. Okay. Um, <laughs> the second one, this next one, this next one is, these are tap dancing shoes. Did you know I can, no, I, I can't tap dance. That's not true. <laughs> the next one, okay. This next one is, if you're wearing these, you are headed to Texas. Come on, baby. We're headed to Texas. I was talking to a, a lady that came from Kentucky this morning. She said, why is the sun so angry? I was because you didn't wear your cowboy boots. That's why. All right. <laughs> this next one. All right, this next one. This one says you are never going to date. And that's what that says. <laughs> There's somebody here that's slipping those things off right now. <laughs> all right, all right. This next one, we don't, this next one. This one right here says you are firmly headed deep, deep, deep into fatherhood, and you are headed to mow or to grill. Those are the only acceptable places to ever wear those shoes right there, okay? If you have those on in church, repent at the end of this service. Get your life right, amen. But we're not talking about those shoes. We're talking about the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now listen, this next one is what Paul would have been looking at. Something like this because when he wrote Ephesians, he was actually in, in, in prison where he was being guarded by a Roman soldier. So as he was looking, he was like the shield of faith and the helmet, all these things. But the soldier also had a specific type of shoe on. Now this shoe was a very ad advantageous shoe for armor and for warfare. And I'm going to explain that here in just a second, okay? But they had to have their shoes on to be ready. This is my first point. The Bible says here that this is the having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many of y'all know, no matter how dressed you are, you're not ready until your shoes are on? How many parents I got can, can, can witness in this place that you've gotten all the way to the store before, looked down at your child and said, where are your shoes? Come on, am I the only one? Come on, some of you are like, it happened today, I got to church, and I was like, my kid is back in kids, no shoes on, right? It happens, it's Judah for us, it's Judah. The more, more, it's our middle son, now he's probably a little better now, but how many times we got to the store and we were like, you got your shirt? your shoes, no shoes. So we're carrying him through the store, right? No matter how ready you are, you aren't ready until you have your shoes on. There's something about being prepared with our shoes. In fact, that word preparation, listen, I need you to understand this. Preparation means to get ready ahead of time. When the battle comes, it's too late to get ready. 
When the battle comes to your marriage, it's too late to get strengthened in it. And the battle comes to your children, come on, it's too late to get prepared. you got to fight with what you have. And so when Paul is talking about prepared with the shoes, he's saying get ready ahead of time. So many times as Christians, we're waiting for an attack to come our way instead of diving into the Word and getting ready for an attack to come our way. Because i got news for you, it's coming. It's coming. In fact, I want to encourage you today. We need to become gospel preppers. Yeah. I did some research. Did you know that there are over 150 million self-proclaimed preppers in the United States? 15 million of them are right here in Texas, y'all. Come on. You need to find a prepper. There's probably six of them sitting next to you. In fact, that's our new Kingdom Builders uh, project. We're going to start selling Kingdom Builders prepping packages out in the lobby, $300 a month, you're good to go. No, I'm just playing, we're not doing that. (laughs) But we need to become gospel preppers. We need to get ahead of time, ahead of time, we need to begin preparing. I'm gonna show you why. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, how many of y'all know you have an adversary? Come on, by saying yes to Jesus, you have said no to the world, and now you have an adversary who hates the image of Christ in you. Yeah, he hates the image of Christ in you. But he walks around like a roaring lion, watching this, watch this, seeking whom he may devour. He can't get everybody. Yeah, he's looking for somebody. Watch this, what are we supposed to do? Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Come on, somebody say resist him. Steadfast in the faith. What are we supposed to do? How do we get ready? We resist him and we're steadfast in the faith. This is why we must be ready ahead of time. Psalm 119.11 says this. It said, I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Can I tell you something? Temptation is going to come your way. When it does, you need to have the word hidden in your heart. That's why you read the word. That's why you go to small group. That's why you do your devotionals because the word is being hidden in your heart so that on the evil day, you can't stand. Come on, do I have any, be- any believers in this place today that can stand under the day of temptation? You see, we must be preppers because Jesus said it like this. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you don't hide the word in your heart, you are no match for the devil in the day of temptation. Amen. Having done all, we must stand. So the first, the first point is be ready. Be ready. I love you. Number two, stand ground. See, these shoes were, were, were sandals and, and they had... Cleats on the bottom, and, and the reason this is so important is because, because it, was, it was this, ma- have you ever heard of the, 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 the man Alexander the Great? He was this incredible soldier, this incredible general. He, he conquered more by the time he was 18. He ca- conquered like nations when he was 18, and he had set up a whole empire by the time he was 33. He was just an incredible man, uh, uh, this incredible soldier. But one of the advantages that he had that would this distinct was actually the shoes, because they would put not just some studs in the bottom of these, but a lot of times they would put nails through the bottom of them that were between one and four inches long. 
So here's what would happen, okay? You all have seen the movies, right? Back then when they fought, when they came into battle, they would come together and they would push against each other. And they'd be trying to break each other's line. And so if they had these shoes on, these shoes of the gospel of peace, they could dig in better than the enemy and they could hold their ground as they were pushing on each other. The, the, these men with these shoes on could hold their ground. Okay, this is a big deal. The, the, the best example I can think of in 2023 is football. It's football. Football, they wear these big cleats. In fact, linemen, these giant men, right? Football season's coming, amen? We're getting close. In fact, I saw some premature hats on today. We let a San Francisco 49er hat on the stage. How did that happen? I don't know. We're going to have a conversation, okay? <laughs> But in football, right, in football, you got these giant men and they, they, they line up and they push. But if they didn't have those cleats, if they just had, if they had those, those shoes like these on, they would just get pushed backwards because there would be no way for them to dig in. And this is what Paul is saying when he's saying, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. The, one of the first things he's saying, he said, when things come, I need you to be able to stand with your shoes on, dug in. Come on, do I have any believers in this place that know how to dig in when times get tough? Come on. You know how to dig in when hell breaks loose in your life. You know how to dig in when the enemy comes with temptation and attack. You can dig in because you have the word. Having done all, we must stand. Then we must stand. But what are we to stand on and stand with? Uh, the Bible doesn't just say we are to stand. It says we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is the gospel of peace, you might ask? What is the gospel of peace? I want to read Colossians 1. 19 through 23, because it's very specific about what this is. How do we stand? Where do we stand? Are you ready? Oh, I'm going to try that again. I said, are you ready? Yes. All right. I love you. For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. Isn't that good? And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, whoo, there's that word, having made peace through the blood of his cross. What did he make peace with? I'm going to show you, verse 21. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by your wicked works. Can I just let you all know that we were, every one of us at one point were his enemies. In our thoughts, in our minds. Now watch this. Yet now he has reconciled. Oh, come on. You can do a little bit better than that. Come on. Now he has reconciled. Okay. This is the gospel of peace. You want to know what we are debating? Jesus said this. He said, if you're going to celebrate anything, celebrate your salvation. This should be the thing that gets us most excited. This should be the thing that gets us shot knowing that our sins have been forgiven. We've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Heaven is our home. We get to be in fellowship and relationship with him. We have peace with God. I'm going to give you another chance because I don't think you're really impressed with Jesus. Yeah, I'm not real sure how impressed you are with Jesus. I'm going to see if you have any faith in here, and I'm going to see if you can get a little bit loud. Yet now he has been, we have been reconciled. Come on, church, we can do a little bit better than that. We've been reconciled. Come on. 
wrong. You've been reconciled with God. Your sin is forgiven. You're right with him. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, y'all. Woo! Y'all out here here golf clapping Jesus. The Bible says to lift up a shout of praise. We don't applaud God, we praise God. One more time, I wanna know if I have anybody who believes they're saved and understands the weight of the cross. You've been reconciled with God! Yeah! Come on! Now watch this, I'm not done. I'm going to walk that dog today. You were once alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. (laughs) In the body of his flesh through death. Now watch, this is so good. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Come on. Oh, then there's verse 23. If indeed, watch this, you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister, we must stand in faith, grounded, and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel which we heard. We must stand. We do that with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have been made right with God. The gospel of peace is that we have peace with God through Jesus. To lose the joy of your salvation is to take your shoes off. You aren't prepared if you don't still have your salvation in mind. We must be believers who can still celebrate the fact. Come on, if you ever get so familiar with Jesus that you're not impressed by him, listen, y'all, we are believers who are impressed with the blood and the cross. It's the most impressive thing you'll ever Read, it's the most impressive thing that ever happened in the history of this world is the fact that God became man and dwelt among us. And then he was able to figure out how to die on a cross by shedding the perfect blood. And it was all ordained before the foundation of the world. Woo, it's impressive. Come on, he's impressive, y'all. I love Jesus. Jesus is impressive. If I can do anything, I want to light a fire under you once again that Jesus is the most impressive thing. Some of you have been saved for 50 years, and I want you to walk out of here with the joy of your salvation again. And one day we're going to sit at a table with him, and we're going to banquet with him, and we're going to feast with him, and we're going to enjoy him face to face. And we're going to get to stand before the throne, and we're going to get to give an account And he's going to look at some of us, and I believe that with all of us, all of my heart, I want to stand before Jesus, and I want him to say, well done. You did good, boy. You did good. You did good. Come on, enter into the joy of the Lord. It's coming. 
Woo, Jesus is good. We must stand our ground. There's a couple things I want to point out to you. How do we stand our ground in the day of temptation? One, listen, is we must continue together. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this. Let us hold fast. Somebody say hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. This is a big deal. This is why we, I'm going to come back to that. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. We can't possibly obey this scripture unless we're in community. So there's two ways I want to point out that we must gather. One, we must continue to come to church. Amen, you did it. Woo-hoo-hoo. You're here. And I don't mean that sarcastic. This is a big deal. You came to church. We celebrate that. You had to get up. Some of you had to get six kids ready. That's a handle. That's tough, right? You had to get kids ready and all that. And I see you walking in like a little mama. Mama, you got a little chicklings rocking behind you. I'm like, come on, good job, mama. You did it. Dad, you got your family up. You could be on the golf course, but you're here. Come on. Celebrate you. It's a big deal. And second of all, listen, listen, but it's kind of tough here to really obey this because it says we must consider one another to stir up good works. I must consider and, watch this, and I must exhort one another. So the second way we gather, listen, not only must we gather in church, but we must gather in small groups. We must. As so much more as you see the day approaching, what is he talking about? The day of the Lord. The Bible says it's going to get darker and darker until the day of the Lord, but we, we are city on a hill. Right? Shining light in it. Small groups is the only way to really truly obey this thing. So I want to let, just challenge you today. Are you part of a small group? The second way we do this is by serving. We must be those who serve and to give. Matthew 6, 21 says, how do we continue? Well, Matthew 6, 21 says that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where you give your time, talent, and treasure, your heart will be. How are we going to stay solidified in the kingdom? It's going to be by giving of our time and our resources. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, not yourself. Amen? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Number two was to stand ground. Number three, and I'm closing, is to take ground. See, not only did these these spikes, did these cleats have the um, ability for them to stand ground, as they were pushing on each other, but they also had the ability that when it came time, now because they stood their ground, they would begin to push forward and push forward, and they had more grip than the others. So not only were they able to take ground or stand ground, but they were able to take ground. Did you notice that there is no armor for the back? There's no armor for the backside. We must be those who are taking ground. Listen, the Bible says that this is the gospel of peace. And, and, and the good news about standing our ground is that we've received the gospel of peace. But what we must also understand is that it is now our responsibility to share the news of this reconciliation. We must be carriers of the gospel of peace. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that we have now been given the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciling God and man. It's our job to bring people together to understand the goodness of the gospel. The good news that God forgives that Jesus came and it's our job to bring them together. We have the ministry of reconciliation and that's what we must do if we're going to take ground. We must seriously realize that we have this magnificent responsibility to take the gospel forward. In fact, Mark 16, 15 through 20, I want to read this because it's such a wonderful scripture. Jesus gives his, his, his disciples a command and he says this, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Watch this. And these signs will follow those who believe. Are you a believer? Did you know that these signs can follow you? Come on, do I have any people of faith in this place today? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you have the name of Jesus at your disposal. Woo, for his sake, for his cause. What will they do? They will cast out demons. Do I have any believers in this place? They can speak with new tongues. He wants to give you a prayer language. There's gifts of the spirit that we must be believe, begin to contend for. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You! Not the pastor, not the preacher. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Are you a believer? Amen. Now watch this. He said these things and then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. Can I just paraphrase that? He left. So what did they do? They went out and preached everywhere. They obeyed it. Ooh, what if we went out of here today and preached everywhere? Now watch what happened when they obeyed it. The Lord was working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Did you know he wants to confirm his gospel? Did you know he wants to confirm his reality and his presence and his power? He will confirm the word through accompanying signs. We must not only take ground with the gospel, we must take ground in ourselves. We must be men and women who are committed to growth. One of the ways we do that is what we call our strategy here called the six B's. It's be invited, belong to a small group, believe and be baptized, become a volunteer, be trained and be sent. Every one of you are here today because you were invited by somebody. Some of you are like, I just read my Bible and came. Well, guess what? You were invited by the Gospels, the people who wrote it. Amen. Every one of us owes our salvation to somebody. So I wonder who in here or should be here because they need an invite. So the first thing, we're invited. You're here because you were invited. The next thing is belong to a small group. As we take our six steps, this thing is supposed to lead us on a track forward in our spiritual growth. 
The idea is that every step is a step forward. The next one is belong to a small group. Listen, you don't have to believe to belong to a small group. If you're in here and you're questioning salvation, you're questioning Jesus, you have some hard questions, small group is it. That's the place. When you're struggling with identity or anything, that's the place for you. Okay, so we, we believe that you'll be invited. Then you belong to a small group. And then you believe and be baptized. We believe that in a community of discipleship, eventually we believe that if you, give enough, if you ask enough questions and we give the right answers, every single one of you will come to know Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Believe and be baptized. Listen, even today, you can go right outside. We got a tank. Get dumped. Let's do it. Then the next one, so we've got be invited, belong to a small group, believe and be baptized. The next one is become a volunteer. Become part of the engine that is making this thing go forward. Yeah. Sometimes we need to make a transition. What happens if we're not careful, we can stay in the consumeristic, feed me, bless me. And yes, we want to bless you. We want to feed you. But at some point, we need to turn around and help others come to know Jesus. And volunteering in kids is an incredible way. Volunteer as an usher or a greeter in our cafe, uh, running cameras. All of this thing is, it's, it's volunteer-led, y'all. So become a volunteer. You can go to the info desk right after service today. Same thing about becoming a small group leader or, or be, becoming part of a small group. Go right outside. You can find information on that. Be trained. We have GSM, which is our gateway school of ministry. We have our DTC, which is our discipleship training class. If you felt like, hey, I want to take a leadership role, I want to lead a small group, or I might want to be part of a church plant, look these things up. In fact, I was using the restroom today, and I saw a big poster that said GSM. I was like, so if you want to find information, go to the restroom. And the last one for us, the last one for us is be sent. Be sent. Some of you, we have a, we have a vision to plant 100 churches. We have nine, and we want to plant 91 more. Some of you might get sent, you're trained, and then you're sent out to plant a church. Or maybe, maybe you plant, you're, you're sent to your community. Maybe, you, maybe this is your home forever, and you're going to get sent to your community as a small group leader. Regardless, every one of us needs to move on this track to being sent. My question today is, I guess, that I might ask you is, is what step do you need to take today? Have you, are you part of a small group? Have you volunteered? You feeling a call of God on your life? Maybe to go a little bit deeper, you say that spiritual leadership seems like something I would like. Maybe it's time to take that step. I want to stand up on our feet together, if you would.